this week in cyberspace. We have Brett Solomon in the studio for This Week in Cyberspace number 19. Can we even believe it that uh, we are at this place in time? Brett Solomon, can you believe it? I can't. 19 (laughs) episodes of This Week in Cyberspace and yet still so much to talk about. Well, exactly. The United Nations is currently holding its 67th session of the Commission on the Status of Women. And the main theme for this 12-day ThinkFest is kind of digit all, innovation and technology for gender equality. It's the first time that um, digital gender inequalities have been highlighted by the Commission. And um, Access Now, your organisation, Brett, has been on the ground in New York at the UN, uh, listening in and feeding into that conversation. How's it going? Good. Good. I mean, I think, as you say, it's the first time that there's been a real focus on technology, which is so important. People may be a little sceptical of UN processes, um, you know, and for good reason in some cases. But the UN is really such an important um, forum for uh, human rights issues to be discussed, for, you know, the place where humanitarian response is actually configured um, together with the international NGOs around the world, where much of the, you know, where the Security Council sits. So it is very important. And to have the Commission on the Status of Women focusing on gender and technology um, is none too soon, I would say. In fact, I think that we've seen the consequences and the impact of technology on, um, on women, and both good and bad. And I think it's really important that we shepherd that, right? That we don't just allow things that have happened in the offline world, like, you know, patriarchy. (laughs) (laughs) Just to name a rather large thing. (laughs) And colonialism to be replicated in the digital environment. And that's why it requires proper governance and proper thinking. Um, There are thousands, I think, um, that would be correct to say, um, of women and gender-based organisations that are in New York at the moment trying to draw attention to this issue. I think if you're a a woman who is online, and now you should talk to this. um, I'm online. I'm online. Like, you know, I mean, what are the sort of, you know, the human consequences of being online? And what are the sort of implications in terms of, you know, harassment and gender-based violence, as well as the opportunities as well. I think that the Commission is looking um, at women who are recently online, like what are the consequences for them in terms of um, their own livelihoods, their ability to be able to feed their family, to be able to, um, you know, access information, basic social services, etc. So these are really live issues, and um, that's what's on the table. So, I mean, there have been reports after reports which have found that women and girls are way more likely to be exposed to the dark side of the internet, and that some of these uh, issues are disproportionately affecting women and girls and non-binary people online. Yeah. I mean, things like doxing, for instance, especially women who fight for human rights. Doxing is that uh, that kind of unauthorised sharing of very personal information yeah. in order to shame the the women, I guess, and, yeah. and, and to um, vilify them. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, even the starting point, which I think is essential to point out, is, you know, we're about two-thirds in in terms of two-thirds of the world's population are uh, online already and a third or so still to be connected. But when you look at the numbers of people who are connected, you have 238 million more men online than women. 
Whoa. Okay, we've got eight billion in the global population right now, so that is it's quite a lot. It's it's a it's a very large it's a it's a very large inequality. It's an inequity. Yeah. And 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 it has to be um, remedied addressed. Yeah. Because you know we've seen the result of um, digitalization, and we see the consequences. For example, of the pandemic, how important was the online environment to your ability to be able to live your life, whether it was connecting with people. Um, you know, your family and friends who you couldn't see physically or whether it was being able to do your job, 238 million women are unable to access the same kind of connectivity or any sort of common, any sort of connectivity that men are. And so, you know, that's, that's a human right, that's an egregious human rights abuse right there. Um, I think we, you know, just on the stats, there's some other really interesting stats that I think are important for us to discuss. One is that um, women are 18% less likely to have access to a smartphone, right? So it's not just about the connectivity, it's about what you connect with, what device you have. 24% um, of um, engineering students are women, 24%. 22% um, of AI workers um, identify as women. Um, Twenty. The gender gap okay, so in terms we, of pay we, is twenty-one percent. Right. So these are we're just like looking at a big story of inequality. And of course, last Wednesday was International Women's Day, and and the theme for that was embrace equity. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, gonna, <laughs> it's a long way from. Equal. You know, it's really sad, isn't it? I mean, more than sad. And I think it's important as men also to be allies um, with women. And it's also important, I think, in this era not to think about it just in terms of the binary as well. I think there's a whole range of gender identities which don't necessarily fit into male and female. Unfortunately, I think that the UN system and some of the kind of frameworks where we look at these statistics, for instance, do understand things like, are you male, are you female? There's a, a, a lot, obviously, of uh, evolution that's happened in terms of our understanding of gender. But some of those figures are really, really frightening. And why they're frightening is, so if, if for instance, if you look at that one around 22% of AI workers are um, women, you know, if we've seen over this last couple of months, just the way in which AI, generative AI has radically shifted the way that we think about, you know, content, about speech, about creativity, about everything. Um, and you've eighty uh, percent of the people who are actually producing the algorithm are men. Then what we are doing is replicating that inequity. Mm, and I can yes. see you like closing your eyes <gasps> and nodding away, wincing <laughs> because yeah, of course it it's replicated in the product that is in out the algorithm. there. Uh, there is one scary off-the-shelf um, spyware mm. that is called spouseware or stalkerware. It's kind of very alarming created by, men. created by men to stalk women basically and to perpetuate this um, cycle of domestic violence mm. uh, what 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 is some of the concerns well, around that and how can we address it because you could just buy it off the shelf yeah I mean this is one of the things that's also happening as well is that technologies are becoming more accessible to everybody um, and the regulation that's around these technologies hasn't caught up either yeah so um i mean you know on the issue of and, and thanks for raising i think the issue around domestic violence and also gender-based violence online like these are scourges that we need to address obviously when you're creating new technologies that enable men to be able to track their wives or their past wives or their past partners or whoever it might be mm. um without consent and also the organizations that support them 
and the organizations that support them as well. And I think that, you know, it's, it's again, this kind of how do we stop the online environment from replicating and in fact even amplifying what we're seeing in the uh, in the offline environment um, you know the other thing that that fits in with that as well on stalkerware is is spyware and access now my organization has done a lot of work on trying to respond to Pegasus in particular um, and and the 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 added impact and the added um, damage that spyware has on women. You know, this session today on this week in cyberspace, when we think about the gender-based, the, the gendered impacts of some of the things that are happening online, like spyware, you've mentioned the issue of doxing. You also, when when you spy on somebody, you you know, without consent, um, you gain access to their personal information, photographs, um, discussions. Um, you know the fact of like who sites that you've been visiting the whole lot. Um, my colleague Mawa Fatafta talks about how um, she spoke to CNN last week. How um, an image of a woman in the Middle East without a veil, mm, a personal it can be image, so dangerous. can be so dangerous. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and similarly, you know, we've seen in Afghanistan where we've seen that sort of doxing where women's addresses are actually publicized physical addresses so it moves from gender-based violence offline online to gender-based violence offline and the, the the human real human consequences of that yeah there are many uh, especially for women so what sort of things can be done to address it i mean yeah. i guess you mentioned banning or at least managing this kind of public publicly accessible spyware that, yep. that spies on uh, your former partner and is very targeted at women um what else can be done i yeah. mean like i i said there have been so many reports that find that like 20 percent of responders have been attacked or abused online this is um women who yeah. have been attacked online yeah. just yeah you know just journalists and human rights activists and just women going about their business trying yeah to a lot of the quality. focus that we and thanks for asking that now i think it's it's so important that we actually, like the Commission on the Status of Women, identify like the real negative consequences of this, and we think proactively about what can be done. Yeah. What, one of the one of the things that's super important is um, related to governance. I think that we've talked about in this week in cyberspace. We've talked about how do we govern the online environment, and there currently is insufficient or inadequate governance of the online environment, which means that you know often the decision makers in the, sitting around the table making decisions about what does the online space look like, um, you know, how what sort of rules do the companies have to abide by, etc., are often men. So it is about participation of women at that governance level. Also, women. Um, it's essential that women are actually, um, you know, trained in terms of um, the technical skills in the same way as boys and men are in order to be able to design the technologies. Because, you know, just because you can track somebody and just because you can geolocate somebody doesn't mean that you should. We talked a lot before about data minimization as a concept. And I think that women um, who are in decision-making roles, women who are... Um, you know, able to code, for instance, a lot of a lot of emphasis on trying to train young girls and women 
and older women as well on how to code so they can actually design the technologies that they're using. I think we need um, companies to be much more alert to the fact to these facts. Like they're seeing all of this stuff on their platforms, um, but they're not necessarily responding in the in the way that we need them to. So there's a responsibility that lies lies at the feet of the technology companies as well as the governance models. And you know, I mean, we talked before about digital literacy and it's not that the victim should be you know the sort of owner should be on the victim but I do think it's important that young women and girls and you know people who don't identify as men (laughs) um, more broadly need to be able to um, have access to the knowledge and the skills about how to navigate the online environment because you ask any young woman out there about the experience that they have it's not all positive. And in fact, if you look at particular groups like journalists, there was a recent uh, study that was done that found that 77% of female journalists have experienced online gender-based violence. So, you know, when we think about the chilling effect of that, like what are the consequences of that? It's like, I'm just not going to be on Twitter, you know, and I've spoken to you, Nell, about this before. It's like, how do you you know, do Deal you st- with trolls? How I do mean, you d- because you go out there. There was a woman on television, a, a hostess, on the ABC, and she, uh, ha- you know, she'd been attacked in the most violent way for what she was wearing. I mean, you know, this is what women have to deal with all the time in politics, on television, in public roles. I remember when I, um, you know, ran with Clover Moore on a ticket for the city of Sydney. I couldn't believe the amount of Twitter hate from trolls, anonymous trolls that just came pouring down instantly. Um, so this is a really gendered space and needs to be addressed with, as you say, training and digital security resources. Are there anything, uh, things like that available to people yeah, if they are there, getting there trolled are. out there's, there? There's a number of really good organisations that are working on this. The APC, which is the Association of Progressive Communicators, uh, I believe it stands for, um, have got have a kind of the pioneers actually on this work around gender and 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 the digital environment, and they've got some really really good um, um, guides and information. Access Now also has some guides as well on doxing, for instance, particularly for women. Um, but you know, there's there is a lot of information out there. I think um, you know, like call this number and you'll be fine like it doesn't really work <laughs> that way and and there's also services in australia as well um you know there's the safety commissioner for, who who's doing some really good work as well as some concerning work as well on like how to like you know regulate and shape the the online environment but you know there are there there's real cases of, of gender-based violence um attacks online and the digital environment needs to wake up to that very fast and that's why that commission on the status of women has been so good this particular year's focus on um, tech. Uh, on tech. I mean, you might remember back in 1995 when Hillary Clinton said at the Commission on the Status of Women in Beijing, which seems like bizarre unto itself, but she said that human rights are women's rights and women's rights are human rights. And now at this commission, they're saying digital rights are women's rights and women's rights are digital rights. And I think that, like, you know, sort of Rubik's Cube that's connecting things back into place or connecting things back into place, it provides that platform and the wake-up call for, like, we need to not just think about this in a negative sense. Like, you know, the technology is has been incredible for gender equity as well. You know, you think about women, you know, across 
you know the global majority or the global south who've been able to run small businesses who've been able to access information about their health and their own bodies and how to feed their own families etc i mean it's been incredible as well if only they can get more access equal access to the online world brett solomon thank you so much for telling us about women's rights in the digital age. Well, thank you, now for being such a pioneer on so many of these issues in the offline world and now in the online world as well. So, so it's a real honour to be here. Thank you. Thank you.